Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome Rachel Lancaster, the founder of Magnificent Midlife, an online hub and global community celebrating and empowering women in midlife and beyond. Her podcast is also Magnificent Midlife Podcast. Thank you so very much for being here. How are you today? I'm very well, Nadine. It's absolutely lovely to be here with you. I've been anticipating this with uh, great joy for a while now, so great to connect. <laughs> I know we are two like minds, aren't we? And uh, yes, we're, we're going to be talking now across the ocean and, and sharing our similar thoughts, I think. Yes, yes. The main theme today being that aging is not a a process to fear or revile. <laughs> That's exactly. it's It's a natural process. What galvanized you to become an advocate for celebrating women in midlife? Well, it was really, it all started um, with an early menopause for me at the age of 41. I'm now 53. It was a big shock at 41. I didn't know who I was. I felt catapulted into midlife, um, thinking I wasn't actually there yet. It took me a while, but I realized I was being ageist against myself. Hmm. which is something I learned from uh, the very wonderful Ashton Applewhite. There was nothing wrong with me having gone through menopause. I wasn't in some way diminished. Um, I needed to sort of deal with those issues that we have about shame going through menopause. And so what I did was I created what I couldn't find. So I scratched my own itch and I created this community and I decided that it was going to be really a bit of a mission for me to celebrate women in midlife so that women would stop fearing age, they would stop fearing menopause, that menopause itself could have a bit more of a more positive profile because sometimes I think even menopause has been much maligned and, uh, you know, it gets a bad rap and it's not always to blame. Um, so those were the things that led me to do what I do. It's so interesting you use uh the phrase uh, maligned about midlife, because when I was doing a casual search on the internet about women and midlife, automatically crisis was attached to it. Every single search. And I just wonder why we have to approach it as such a negative thing to fear. Is it because we are thinking that it's the introduction to a final act? Are we avoiding? What do you think? Oh, my goodness. This is a real soapbox of mine. <laughs> Excuse me while I climb up onto it. <laughs> um, well, it, it drives me bonkers. It really does that um, that we have this um, perception that is just completely negative. Um, and really, it's so useful to just rethink it and and think that every day that we wake up is another day that we're alive. Um, so aging is a privilege. There are so many of us that don't age. And if we are progressing through life and, and waking up every morning, then, then, you know, we're lucky. We're luckier than many. But so many people sort of see midlife as the beginning of the end. 
Um, I don't know what it's like um, so much in the US with cards, um, but in a card shop in the UK, you'll get commiserations for turning 30. Absolutely. And, is it the same? Same year, yes. And it's just like you're on a downhill slope and <laughs> life has ended now. And when you, by the time you get to 50 or 60, and particularly for women, because the insidious combination of sexism and ageism for women, it makes everything so much worse. By the time you get to 50 or 60, you really, you might as well go and sit in a corner and just be quiet because, you know, <laughs> life has ended. There is nothing more. And reality could not be further from the truth. I actually believe that the first half of my life was the rehearsal um, since mm. I turned 50. Mm. You know, I'm living a fabulous life now. I'm I'm more engaged with the world. I'm planning more. I have more confidence. I have more experience. I believe I have more wisdom to share with the world. And there's all sorts of things I can do. I mean, I I talk about the fact that if if you look at what – Generally, people achieve between 20 and 50. That's 30 years. Um, and if you look at average life expectancy in the West, it's, it's into the 80s. I think it's 81 in the UK. I think it might be 86 in the US. Um, but I see no reason why any of us can't achieve the same between 50 and 80 as we achieved between 20 and 50. And, and therefore, we don't need to have this sort of midlife angst that we're on the way out. Definitely in the U.S. There are so many cultural negative messages that may prevent us from thinking of the second stage of life or this next act of life as more opportunity. So I think we have to be very careful about not ingesting that information and maybe it does take you a longer time to remember something. Maybe you do forget the name briefly. Maybe you do forget a word, but that doesn't mean that your life is over and that you're no longer capable of thinking or, or learning new things or embracing new opportunities. Yeah. I think in terms of the, the foggy brain as well, for, for women, women get really scared of foggy brain. Mm -hmm. um, and um, even my mom, bless her, I mean, she's 85 now. But if she can't remember something, she'll say, oh, it's, I'm getting dementia. And I just look at her with this quizzical look. And I say, for heaven's sake, mom, you are not getting dementia. You just can't remember something. Mm -hmm. And yet this is what we do to ourselves. And these are the narratives that we fear and that we, as you say, that are so ingrained in us. I mean, the whole um, aging and fertility and everything around menopause, we are – fed this message throughout our lives that our fertility is wrapped up in our beauty mm -hmm. um, and our relevance in society. So young women fear menopause, middle-aged women fear menopause. And once we're through the other end, we just go, it's fine, don't worry about it. Most of us anyway, I think a lot of us, you know, it's like, okay, it was a bit tricky at times, but we're through the other side, everything's fine. And the foggy brain, that came with the hormonal fluctuations in menopause may get better. It may not, but it may get better. You may find that it's, it's, you know, not an issue. But in terms of those, those narratives, everything that we're told is that aging is bad. 
and it's not. Aging is good. I really do believe. Apart if we have our health, obviously at the end of life there's going to be a period, you know, when there is probably some decline. But we can do a lot more for ourselves to age better than we think we can. You can still build muscle mass in your 90s, which I think is remarkable. And you must in order to re- to retain function. One of the things that I find troubling are those reports, grandma ran a marathon, or look, she can do a headstand and she's 85. Those are special circumstances, but not everyone has to be extraordinary to still live a beautiful life. Absolutely. I think, yes, you're right. If people see those sort of, you know, the crazy examples, which are, I personally, I find them very inspiring. I like to see them. But at the same time, I acknowledge that that is not everybody. There's no way that's everybody. It's not going to be me. <laughs> but... um but there, yes, as you say, there is something that we can all do and there is life that we can all live and be proactive about it. I think sometimes it can deter, though, if we're not careful. Well, I can't yeah, do that, so, so I'm done. Why, mm. why try? I'm done. And that, that's a great shame, yeah. Mm-hmm. In your experience, what challenges do you think a woman faces as she grows older? Oh, my goodness. So many. I do think there are so many. Um, and, and one is the, the biggest one is ageism. Ageism begins between our ears. If we buy into it and if we believe those narratives, we're going to start saying to ourselves, oh, I'm too old to do that. Or, oh, I can't run the marathon like her. So I'm useless. It's challenging our own negative thinking, our own limited beliefs. Um, but also challenging um, society. So, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a pain now because if anybody says anything remotely ageist, I'll be on their case immediately. I'll say, uh, well, excuse me, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> why, why are you saying that? You know, even to the extent that if somebody says, oh, you don't look your age, I'll turn around and say, well, this is this is me and this is my age. So I do look my age. It's a knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? And it's something, if we just increase that self-awareness that you're talking about, catching yourself buying into those narratives, catching yourself buying into those stereotypes. I'll be the first to admit right now, (laughs) in the moment, when you told me you were 53, obviously the audience can't see you, I can see you, (laughs) the knee-jerk reaction was to say to myself, I had to stop it. I had to go, wow, Rachel, you look great. Because that's what we hear. Yeah. But I think if you're, if we become a little bit more cognizant of that reaction and mm. stop it in time, do we have to look good for a certain age? And do we have to look young to look good? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the real mm-hmm. issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. You see, I, I mean, I've done videos and I've written about this, but I think beauty is ageless. I think that, um, and this is a problem that women, I think, have in midlife and growing older because of this notion that so much of our value is wrapped up in our fertility, wrapped up in our beauty, um, and we don't perceive older women as beautiful. Well, I do. I think beauty is ageless. And I like to say that we don't dismiss 
the glorious colours of autumn in favour of the spring blossom. They are both beautiful. They're just that's, different. That's such a gorgeous way of putting that. So that's I true. think our beauty doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't go away, it evolves. Hmm. That's a beautiful way to reframe. How do you think we can support each other and ourselves and not internalize those social pressures to conform to this ever-elusive fountain of youth idea and allure um, versus embracing the aging process is very natural? I do think it's about challenging our own thinking and really trying to rewrite the narrative that we live by, embracing every day that we're alive, believing that we can do pretty much anything, however old we are. I mean, I could still go and jump out of an airplane. I would be far too terrified to do it, but feasibly I could do it. I actually ran my first half marathon at 50. Hmm. Um, I haven't run one since, and I'm not sure sure when the next one will be. Um, It was very difficult, but I did it, you know, and I did it slowly, uh, but I did it. So I think setting ourselves challenges is quite a good way, actually, to to sort of take us, it sounds a little bit twee, I know, going outside of your comfort zone, but Mm. I, I, I do like to set myself challenges and I do encourage other women to do that because I think it's all about personal growth and it's this idea that we don't stop we we keep on growing we keep on developing we keep on expanding our brain and our experience and what we can and can't do um and that's what excites me about the fact that you know hopefully I have at least another 30 years on this planet Hmm. how incredible is that so by stepping out of your comfort zone, you don't limit yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself wanting to be, quote unquote, young again? Oh, goodness me, no. <laughs> and when... I don't want to look younger either. I really don't. I like my wrinkles. I don't, I have to confess, and you um, listeners can't see me. I have pretty much all the color in my hair. I don't dye it, but my mother's still got color in her hair and she's 85. So I'm really sorry because I have to say I don't <laughs> dye my hair. But I, don't, I, I like to think that if I was going gray or white, I still wouldn't dye my hair because actually I quite like gray and white hair. I think it looks right on women when they're that age. For most women, it suits the skin tone. It's, it's how we're evolving. So, no, I don't want to be younger. I don't want to look younger. I like my wrinkles. I will never, ever, ever be getting any Botox or anything like that. Because my face is the map of my life. <laughs> and, and I like to say as well, as you know, wrinkles mean I've smiled a lot. Were you afraid when you were younger of getting older? I think I was. I bought the anti-aging products. I believed all those lies that they were going to do anything. Um, and they don't do anything. You honestly, you might as well put the money in your pension and throw them all away. <laughs> I think, yeah, Ashton, she said to me that the, the only anti-aging product that works is sunscreen. 
that's my personal. I mean, no judgment if people want to, to do all of those things and have Botox and do everything else. That's fine for them, but not for me. No, I like who I am now. I don't think I've ever liked me as much as I like me now. I can completely relate to what you're saying. I love my gray hair. I look just like my mom. And so I can see the evolution there. And she has a head full of gray hair now. It's wisdom. It's gorgeous. She may not necessarily always think so. But I'm going to be good looking like that. She's beautiful. She's lived a very beautiful life um, and provided for her family and loved us all more than more than anyone can really say. And can you really put a price on that? And should we diminish that by being so preoccupied by the extra gray hair? It's so surprising. You, you can't tell just on the surface when you meet someone or when you see someone what remarkable stories lie underneath. And that comes with time. That comes with experience. That comes with age. And if we could only reframe aging, if we could only see it as something to value. I mean, it's very interesting for me. I've spent time in, uh, in China. And um, while that society is changing now, um, there are many societies like China and Japan and India, for example, where older people are revered. So women actually relish going through menopause because they then become an elder, you mm -hmm. know, not not old, old, but they become someone who is no longer driven by estrogen to look after everybody else necessarily, mm -hmm. but can wear the sort of the wise hat, the experience and and that their stature gets bigger in society, not less. Whereas in the West and particularly, I think, in Anglo-Saxon culture, um, so that's US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, possibly. We just have such an issue with aging, particularly for women, because we don't respect age. We don't revere it. We don't aspire to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have met a fascinating array of women in your podcast journey. And in your business, can you tell us what has inspired you, what has surprised you in hearing those stories? I do love sharing these stories because um, there are some incredible ones. Um, and I've only done my first series. Well, I'm into my second series now. And I'm so pleased that you think there are some fabulous stories on there because there are, aren't there? Some really great women. So, for example, there's a woman called Rachel Peru who has become a silver-haired, plus-size model in her 40s. And uh, she used to be a teacher. And then somebody suggested that I think she enter or, or send off some photos or something to a modelling agent. She has the body of a woman in her 40s who's had children, mm -hmm. you know, proud of who she is. And she's going out there and... and you know, preaching this body confident message, which I think is so very inspiring. Um, and then there's another lady called Jo Mosley, who in fact, weirdly, is, is a friend of Rachel's, although I met them completely separately. Uh, 
on on social media. I meet everybody on social media as I met you on social media. <laughs> I meet all these amazing women. So Joan Mosley has a job, but in her spare time, she is at Healthy Happy 50 on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. And she goes out on mini adventures. Um, and she is going to be this summer paddleboarding along a big long canal in the north of England, which will take her about 20 days, I think. So it's stand up paddleboarding. So she's standing on this board and she's paddling along. And she's made such a name for herself just doing these adventures and sharing it all on Twitter and, and Instagram that um, at the Chelsea Flower Show in May, um, Yorkshire, the area in the UK where she lives, they made a garden and they focused it on a lock, a canal lock. And she was invited to come and stand on her paddle <laughs> in the canal lock in the garden at the Chelsea Flower Show. Also what she's doing is she does, every time she goes out surfing or when she goes to the sea, because she also does regular surfing as well as the stand-up paddleboarding, she does a two-minute litter clean. Plogging. So plogging is when you go jogging to pick up litter. So she's doing all of this sort of environmental picking up litter thing alongside all of her outdoor adventures, and she has a job. Wow. And she's two sons as well you know so mm. very inspiring what you can achieve i think really in in today's world with the internet such as it is there are all sorts of things that you can do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make difference to your life and other people's lives that's remarkable they gave themselves permission to explore yes nothing extreme and you only get one shot at this Yes. This is one life. Exactly. It's not a rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you may want to cover? There is a world of possibility out there, really, I think. And I'm just, um, yeah, don't ever succumb to those ideas that, you know, your time is over because it isn't. And you have an enormous amount to contribute to the world. And I actually, actually, one thing I will add is I think the world needs us. I think the world needs older women to step forward rather than stepping back. Um, I think we're in a bit of a mess, generally, throughout the world, and a bit more wise, compassionate, experienced female energy would do the world a lot of good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Agreed. So what is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? I think taking care of ourselves um, as we get older is incredibly important. And I think a lot of women are so used to looking after everybody else that it's no surprise that we get to burn out in midlife and beyond. Um, I just on a sort of side note, I often say that um, I think menopause symptoms are nature's wake-up call that we perhaps can't live our lives the way we've been living them because our body is actually saying, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. So that getting your health sorted in midlife and around menopause is going to set you up well for long-term health. So I think it's about good nutrition 
Um, it's about getting your diet sorted, um, trying to include more fruit and vegetable, the vegetables the older you get, um, maybe cutting down on meat products. Personally, I've cut back quite significantly on meat products. I still do eat animal protein, but I try and reduce it. I've also, I don't have dairy milk. I have soya milk now, and that's just my personal choice. But I believe it has really helped me with my menopause symptoms and my long-term hormonal balance. Um, things like upping natural phytoestrogens also helps with hormonal balance for women, not just in the menopause years, but, you know, long-term. So it's about um, diet and nutrition. I think it's definitely about upping our physical exercise um, so it's about, I know you're a big yoga fan. I'm a big yoga fan. So I do yoga. I run. I run most mornings, not very far. It's only about three kilometers. And sometimes I stop and walk for a bit, you know, but I try and get out and get some steps under my belt, mm-hmm. you know, before the day starts if I can. And then we also, I think we need to start um, lifting weights if we're not already doing that. I've also started to include meditation in my life. That really grounds me. It helps with anxiety. It helps center me, I feel, and that I'm more focused and able to be better. And I feel that some women, myself included, actually, until more recently, um, we sort of go through life. We're looking after everybody else. If we've had families, we're looking after families. And maybe our friendships go a little bit on the back burner. Or maybe our friendships no longer give us what we need because we're not the same people we were, you know, years ago. But I think women shouldn't be afraid to make new friends in midlife and beyond um, and make new friends as we age. Community is, is massive, I think, for our our health as, as we age. And it probably took me 50 years to learn that just because I think something doesn't make it true. Mm. I have I had a yoga teacher when I was early on in my training who said that. I remember it was a class. It was a gentle, slow-paced class. And as we were beginning relaxing, she said, you are not your thoughts. Do you ever have those moments where someone says something so impactful? You just never forget it. And you needed to hear that at that moment. And I remind myself constantly, I hear that phrase, you are not your thoughts. Just because you're telling yourself a story doesn't mean it's true. Mm. It's such an empowering, simple phrase. So I recently did a, a sleep workshop in my members club, actually. And this was really interesting to me because... um what the expert that I was working with, what she said was, if you are getting distracted at night with thoughts, don't let the thoughts take over. Set yourself some boundaries. You know, we don't have to think those things. We actually do have control. Well, I thank you so very much for your generosity in sharing your time with us and your positive attitude about our potential to evolve with age. Well, it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Thank you so much. And now it's time for practical tips. This week, challenge yourself to become aware of limiting thoughts when it comes to aging, whether it is about you or another person. 
Invite yourself to notice those thoughts and feelings with kindness and without judgment. Be curious and ask yourself if your thoughts are true. Please ponder the following quote by author Eckhart Tolle. The most decisive event in your life is when you discover you are not your thoughts or emotions. Instead, you can be present as the awareness behind the thoughts and emotions. Thanks for being here. See you next time.